The Dental Amigos are excited to announce the most fun, the most friendly, and the most nacho-filled CE course in the history of dentistry. Join Paul and Rob on Friday, September 21st, and Saturday, September 22nd in Philadelphia with Dr. Pasquale Venuti all the way from Italy. Pasquale will be sharing innovative ways to save teeth that usually need to be extracted, along with mind-blowing techniques to improve your Class II restorations. Our signature Friday night social event will bring you face-to-face with the Amigos, as well as dentists from all over the country. Make new friends, learn, and have fun. Isn't that what Dental CE should be about? We are doing CE right. The Amigo way, the Nacho way. Register now at thedentalamigos.com. Doing CE the right way, the Nacho way, the Amigo way. Register at thedentalamigos.com and we'll see you in September. Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery. Taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dental Amigos podcast. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, Rob. It's good to see you, Paul. It's always nice to have you in the house here. So today, it's uh, just you and me, no guests, uh, freewheeling, you know, the solo performance for us. Yeah, I, I like that. Just amigo-amigo interaction. Yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, associate agreements at a kind of a different level. We've done a couple of episodes already about some more nuts and bolts types of things about associate agreements and when to hire associates and how associates look for a job. But I've had some questions recently from young associates that we've done employment agreement reviews for who have asked me, you know, what should I be doing when I'm employed? You know, if there are people that are being paid on a percentage of collections, you know, uh, they've asked, well, how should I track my collections? How do I know that I'm getting paid what I need to get paid? So, you know, I immediately go and talk to my buddy Paul and say, Paul, what should people be doing to, to track their, their collections to make sure that they're being paid uh, fairly? So, uh, you know, over a couple of margaritas yeah. and some nachos, we decided that'll be an episode of the podcast. So we're doing that today. So uh, just to kick it off, Paul, you know, let's start with that very question. So if... Uh, a young associate is taking their first uh, first job right out of dental school or a residency, and they're being paid, say, 35% of collections. What should they be doing to track their collections and the work that they do to make sure that they're being paid right? I mean, it's a great question. It's really, you know, the most important question and something an associate needs to figure out. And it's much more difficult than people think. Sometimes, you know, watching numbers go by in a dental office where they're using Dentrix, Open Dental, these are practice management softwares that dentists use. It looks like, the, you know, the stock market or a movie when all these, you know, numbers are flying by, collections, productions, adjustments, it's received on insurance um, payments. I think before we dig into that uh, topic in detail, I want to 
remind our listeners, you know, how Rob and I became to be Amigos. And, uh, you know, prior to all the dental Facebook world, you know, a decade ago when Rob was coming into the residency programs to talk about associate agreements, this is how all, all this really started. Because I was saying to the residents, you really have to talk to Rob about, you know, your associate agreements to make sure you're protected. And I think it's come full circle now where you're saying, you know, let's talk with Paul about how we track all of this. So to share a little bit about my own office, we have three associates. I call them aunts and uncles of the practice. The reason I call the associates aunts and uncles are because uh, like a real aunt or uncle, you get to give the child back. So I am both a parent and an aunt or uncle, and I have an awesome uh, nieces and nephews. But when we were down on our beach vacation, if I was with my niece and uh, things were going astray, I just handed her back to my sister. Uh, but if it's my own child, you cannot hand your own child off. So that's apparently not allowed, unfortunately. So if you think of that, apply it to the dental world, the associates being aunts or uncles of the practice, they're there to help you with the practice, take care of things, but they're ultimately not responsible for a lot of the big things. Uh, so when we apply this to the collections and productions of the production of the practice, the first thing to think about is that a lot of these practice management softwares, Dentrix, for example, there's providers. And these providers uh, are patients assigned a provider. And when a new associate comes into an office, the patient is likely still assigned to the previous provider. It could be someone who's retired. It could be the previous associate. It could be one of the main dentists. So when procedures are billed out under this provider, uh, I'll just use my own associate's name for an example. They'll be, they'll be happy to be uh, famous here on the Dental Amigos. But, you know, if it's uh, Dr. Lisa and she's new to the practice and she sees a patient of mine, Dr. Paul, when she bills out that procedure, the practice management software wants to assign it to Dr. Paul. So if it's a $500 in two fillings. By, by default, because by that's default, already in there. That's already in there. So if, if, if that's not really, if you don't really are not disciplined enough with your front test to look at that, usually uh, step one, if it's not assigned to the right provider, sometimes it's lost forever. And if nobody looks into that, and in a busy day, that can happen by accident. One of my one of my messages is a lot of this really happens by accident and oversight and not malice. But sometimes the associate, when they come back three months later and says, let me look at all of this stuff, it was too much time to try to unwind what's happened. So my first message is it has to be billed out correctly to the right provider. And the, you know, the main overarching message, if you only start with 10 minutes of this podcast, is you must look at your day sheets every day before you leave the office and audit them, which, you know, we can put some on the, in the show notes, you know, where we check off uh, what procedures are done, if they have been assigned to the right provider before you leave for the day to go eat nachos and margaritas. Right. Yeah. So it's like staying on top of that is yeah. really important. I could tell you that as a young uh, associate in the, in the law world, and this was, you know, a long time ago when we kept records manually and billing records, you know, a lot of times friends of mine would just go for extended periods of time and sometimes wait until the end of the month to enter their time, right, yeah. which is that just becomes this like monumental project. Right, you know? yeah. And if it's like a lot of things, just kind of do it right, get the routine, get in a good, uh, a good system. And then it's like it's like an incidental part of your day leave it for a couple of weeks at a time and I'm assuming that that's just like takes on a life of its own and then all of a sudden you spend a whole weekend trying to figure out what you did for two weeks. It's really actually interesting you bring that up and it, uh, this podcast is for owners too because I went to a lecture years ago and something had really stuck out and, they, and then the lecturer who was an insurance expert or front desk expert said that 7% of all dental procedures are never billed out. So, you know, if you bill out a procedure accidentally that was not done, that's fraudulent. It's accidental fraud, but it's still fraud. Um, but I like that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was accidental fraud. It was accidental fraud. You, right? You're and on you know, accidental usually, fraud. usually um, it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, so you could bill out something that was never done 
uh, or you could not bill out stuff that was done, which is much more likely. So both for associates and owners, they're dentisting all day, my term. Sometimes you're seeing 18, 19, 20, 21 patients doing all different types of procedures that range from $100 to $2,000 because we're running this dentist diner, you know, a little different for specialists. So at the end of that day, when you get your list of procedures that were billed out, it's, it's common for there to be an error. I mean, if you think about it, if you hit 16 out of 18 free throws, you're one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA. Going to the Hall of Fame, yes, probably. So this is what happens in a dental office. And so when I heard that lecture, this is prior to all the Dr. Nacho, prior to associates, I sat with my dad and his partner. I said, we are going to look at our day sheets as, as owners just to make sure because um, maybe this will resonate with the dentists out there. And, you know, I know, Rob, you you know, just one day want to do a filling. We're going to figure out how to make that legal for someone. <laughs> I, I, sure. don't, I don't. Um, it won't be in this country, but, that's uh, for sure. You know, you put a lot of essentially, you know, stomach lining into your work and you want to make sure it's built out properly. So there's an urge to leave at the end of the day. Everyone has that. But I encourage owners and associates in our office, it's required that you cannot leave unless you have initialed your day sheet. Make sure it's right because the time to change it is then. So that's my message is you, ha- you need to make these changes every day and tweak these things. And usually you'll say something like, you know, this crown that was assigned to me from Dr. Lisa, thanks, but that's actually Dr. Lisa's uh, crown. You need to change that there. And what happens is it's a little bit like if you uh, – you know, eat too many extra calories a little bit each day, you wind up gaining weight at the end. And you're like, oh, I don't understand how this happened. How do I have this dad body? I used to be in good shape, you know, but um, uh, that's what happens is you're not usually missing out on the crown, the $1,000 procedure or the implant case for $5,000. You wind up missing out on these small procedures that just go by. So, well, if you talk about small, but if small adds up to six, 7% of your revenue, that becomes a material number. A million dollar practice. It's, you know, $70,000. And for associates, um, it's one of those things, too, you know, just to kind of keep diving into this. When you check with the front desk each day and one of my, you know, you have to do it in kind of a kind kind and supportive way because they've had a long day, too. So if you run up at 4.59 or leaves at 5 and say, hey, this isn't right, you're going to get a look back like the one that Mrs. Nacho gives me sometimes that, like, you know, this, this is not the time to do this. So I say, ask for your day sheet. Uh, like 30 minutes before the end of the day. If there's one extra procedure not done, just say, totally cool, we'll do that later. Then when you're waiting for the hygienist to be done or you're waiting for something to be done, you sit there with quiet time. And I know this is not what a lot of young dentists like, but you just need a piece of paper and a pen. It's very old school. Hmm, you this don't is wanna, complicated. Yeah, right. you, you want to you sit and look at it and like, like a list that you would make and say, this is right, this is wrong, this is right. And then with a little bit of this cushion, go to your front desk and I use my awesome you know, team member like Kate or, or Donna or Dawn and say, and, and you say this as owners too. So I mean, and say, hey, Kate, I happen to notice that this procedure here uh, never got billed out under me and it got billed out under my brother. We need to change that. Or I didn't see this procedure over here. And um, this also goes for hygienist. I mean, hygienist is, you know, it's, it's really, it's a, uh, Takes as you, you didn't know how complicated it was to run an office, Rob. Now you're really glad you're not a dentist because this is an everyday thing. I believe it. Well, it, it's it's this is really helpful for me, Paul, too, because again, I I look at agreements, we prepare agreements, I can give people advice on the legalese, I could talk to them about what's normal, but the actual being in the office doing it, you know, actual boots on the ground, I, I don't I don't see that. So backing up a little bit, so you, when when the the practice management software, you know, uses a, a previous doc as the default. Is that something that the dentist can see while they're doing the treatment? Or is that something that you, know, could you pull up the patient's record and see that this is 
being billed under you know Paul Goodman instead of Rob Montgomery, and I should alert that now, or do you is the only way to do it to, to wait and, and look at the data? That's a really good question too. So when when that happens, that means that you missed out on a procedure, so you you notice something big missing. So not only do you have to look at this list and say I've done these procedures, you also in your mind have to look at your. We kind of have a worksheet for the day of what we do and say, oh hey we're missing out on this implant crown, where did it go? And either sometimes it wasn't billed out at all, so that's bad for everyone, or likely it was assigned to this other provider where you then can go, you know, a lot of the, in our office, I allow all the associates to have um, access to the practice management software to look at and see, because they're good at fixing it themselves. Because a lot of times it's like, instead of them coming up with their piece of paper, they also can, they can mesh that with their own computer and they really are doing it in the spirit of helping everybody. And they've also told us many times there's been mistakes made in our favor. But my nacho take home tip is, you know, the accidental fraud versus not billing out procedures, it's more likely to lose money than commit accidental fraud. Right. For associates, um, it's more likely to have errors made not in your favor. So occasionally they're made in your favor, but it's more likely to have them not made in your favor. So you just really need to dig in daily to this. And um, I tell them a lot of times, I mean, you know, the piece of paper at the end of the day is important, but they can kind of be tracking it all day long. So we're talking about keeping notes? Yeah, keeping the notes day? on what they do. And, but, you know, they can go, any, any associate out there who has, you know, thinks, well, I don't know how my system works, or I don't know, um, you know, what these codes mean. A lot of times when you ask people about their job, they're very flattered. So if you say to the office manager, not in the middle of a 10 a.m. when she has three patients, say, hey, can I sit with you and would you show me this? And I actually was listening to our po previous podcast guest, Mark Costas, just last night. And he said, as a young dentist, he used to sit with the office managers and he would learn a lot. He goes, sometimes I wouldn't even ask questions. I'd just watch them. And they have the toughest job sometimes in the office uh, because they have to deal with so many small bits of information that sometimes it's like someone to hang out with them. I mean, as long as you don't interrupt them, you can just say, hey, I don't have a patient. Do you mind if I just watch you enter enter um, payments? Do you mind if, and this is Mark was talking about this too, do you mind if I watch you uh, figure out how you're going to plan to get payment plans for the next week? And you can just get a whole education in how to run a practice that way. And that stuff, I mean, we talk about our podcast, Rob, is definitely the stuff they don't teach you in dental school. And it's well, super that, critical. And this is something I've heard you talk about, yeah. you know, on, on the podcast, but then live too, the importance of just being, being a good person, you know, being yeah. nice, you know, yeah. and like, if you stroll around the office, you know, with some elitist attitude, and you don't like talking to the staff, or you think you're above yeah. them, well, you know, you're missing out on that educational opportunity. But then you also have these people that aren't going to be looking out for you, totally. you know, so if you truly are you know, uh, a good and, and likable person in that office and, and you treat people fairly and with respect, you know, that that gets reciprocated. And, and it's hard enough to kind of navigate this stuff right. without with people against you. Like you want people on your side. Totally. And you know? You know, this happens, you know, the, uh, some a nice person reached out to me in Dental Nachos, a female dentist, and said, I like to lecture and I would like to uh, talk about, you know, the challenges of looking young and being a, being a female dentist. And I said, you know, post this on nachos and get some feedback. And the nacho group gave her all different um, types of feedback. But not only we're talking about your day sheets and we're talking about collections and production to get paid, but in the act of kind of ingratiating yourself to the staff in a positive way, that comes off to the patients who need to see you as well. So the team is a big factor in patients liking the associate or not. Um, they never willfully will be... Uh, undermining of an associate because they are good people too but it's a lot of its body language and you know the way they feel about you as a person is just so important and i'm just very lucky to have 
such uh, likable and credible associates. But in the beginning, when you start a job, and I mean, it's just a good uh, take-home tip for the young associates, all you got is being likable. I mean, no one thinks that someone who looks like they're 22 years old is super right. credible. And, you know, that's something I told the um, young dentist, like, be grateful for that. It's going to go away at some point. Right. But, you know, you're starting a job right now. You're in out there in the summer, first job, whether it's after residency or dental school. Uh, likable is, you know, is your thing. And these are the ways in connecting with the team about uh, managing payments and managing production and collections. It's a great way to um, get to know them. You know, you talk to them a little bit. And that's why you say use your downtime. You know, I was just was on reading some of the groups now and they said, you know, uh, I only have four patients a day. Half my schedule is is open. You know, that happens. It happens in the summer. It happens to new associates. But there's so many things that you can do with that open time to learn and become a better dentist. Well, and, and that's the business. We're talking yeah. about the business of right, dentistry yeah. here. So, you know, this goes right along with what I say a lot to people. And I was just talking to uh, one of the attendees at your uh, new dentist boost camp recently about this. You know, that the importance of focusing on your business, that as a professional, it's very easy just to, to sort of be focused on practicing dentistry and forget about, you know, the business that's going along with you. And yeah. that, that's sort of the trap of a professional business. Yeah, like true. you can just sort of stick your head in the sand and do nothing but dentistry. And, and that can be a very re rewarding thing. However, there's this business going on yeah. all along and you have to be focused on that too. And a lot of times, and this is a challenge that I have too, as as a professional with a business, that I have to practice my profession, but I also have to run right, my yeah. business. And you can't neglect either. You have to have you have to have the right balance. You have to pay the right amount of attention to both aspects of that. And when we talk about this issue, this is the business. So if you just show up at the office, right, and just practice dentistry and pay no attention to the numbers, no attention to what the office manager's job is, what the insurance person's right. job is, you know, have no idea what they do, how to do it, um, then you're missing out on a very important segment of your dental business education, right? I no, mean, I mean, it's 100% it's true. And just so I hope we, you know, I think we're doing a great job getting this message out there because you could be the best dentist, just like the best chef, or you can be a good dentist. You know, not everyone has to be the best and you can be proud of what you're doing. But let's just say your patients don't show up. You can't treat them. And they only show up if, you're, if your front desk is managing that well. And I mean, this may seem crazy to some people listening, that, uh, but there are many practices across the country that do not have a text and email system to notify the patients. So in 2018, that's responsible for a lot of no-shows. So I encourage associates, you know, to... Uh, bring in this new technology because if you say to an owner, hey, I was at a course, New Dentist Boost Camp or uh, Dental Amigos or any course, and they said, I found out about these programs, one of the ones I work with, and I'm, uh, there's a solution reach, and let's try that in the practice. And some of the owners will say, if you're in charge of it, you can do it. I say, actually, I say that a lot all the time to my associates. Right. They have a good idea. It could be anything. If you're in charge of it, you can do it. Well, you're relieved. You and I have <laughs> yeah, talked right, about this yes, in yeah, different yeah. contexts. Right. Like somebody that shows up, they want to take ownership of a great idea, and it doesn't end up back on your desk. Go have at it, you know, and I love you for and, it. Yeah, and, and I say that, uh, you know, also, you know, I was given this at the boost camp, one of my uh, Paul tips. So if the owner says, well, what's that going to cost me? Because, of course, they're going to say that just like a parent would say to a child or, you know, you might say to a spouse, say, a good question. I would want to know that, too. I always say that's a nice thing to say. And um, the uh, when you say good question, I want to know that, too. Let's say we're just using a text or email reminder system. That could be 200 to $400 a month. Where if you show the owner the value and say, hey, for I'm just going to use an example, for three to $4,000 a year, not only will our patients show up on time, not only will they not no-show, 
you've now taken a burden off of that front desk. So it's a real win-win-win. And the associate should know that you're usually seeing a lot of times the patients, it's not nice, you know, I, I like leftover nachos, but it's not, not nice to say you want leftover patients. But a lot of times in <laughs> practice, you're seeing the patients who are new, don't have a long track record. You're seeing patients who might not have an allegiance to a certain dentist or doctor. So those patients are likely to not come in. So as we're talking about this associate production and collection tracking, uh, to be able to produce the dentistry, the person has to come. And you may need to help your office with uh, having those patients show up. So this topic is so, you know, has so many parts to it because we're talking about, and you were asking me, Rob, about the production to get back on track. Step one, the production has to be built out properly. So we talked a lot about just getting it built out properly, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, step two is now it has to be paid for. And if everybody paid that day, it would be easy. But for some reason, us dentists, you go everywhere else, you pay for it. Uh, but in the dental office, people try to just like do one of those matrix moves out of the office and don't <laughs> think they need to pay, right? I don't understand. You asked me to pay. What, what is this crazy place? Well, like you said, it, it's a business where people pay. But right, um, right. you know, it, to you know, that's that's um, uh, a joke to some degree, but also truth to some degree. Uh, but we've created this environment at dentists and doctors where things are just kind of confusing. Doesn't my insurance do this? So the patient will leave the office, and if they're if they never pay, whether it's insurance, whether it's through paying through a credit card or paying a bill. That associate will never get credit for that collections, and they won't be paid their 33%, 35%. So that's now the next step. You know, we produced it. How do we make sure the collections come in properly? Right. And that's a big thing, too. And to the extent, if you're a young associate and you have the opportunity to do due diligence on a practice, to look at what the, the collections rate is. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, whatever, 35% of the collections you know, 35% is one of the variables in that equation. Right, yeah. The other one is the amount of collections. Right, yeah. And the amount of collections is different than the amount of production, you know, and some of them are very close together. And sometimes the difference is is great. So, and that's the interesting thing for me when I look at the whole associate dentist relationship with the employer, it's different than many other businesses where, you know, people are true employees. In the dental world, an associate is sort of like a quasi partner right, of, yeah. of, the, of their employer because you rely on their acumen to collect the you know for the procedures totally. that you render. And if you're working for somebody who has bad systems, bad AR collection, you're not going to make as much money. And so you suffer from their bad business decisions like anybody would suffer right. from the bad of business course. decisions of a partner. And I was I was saying this at the boost camp, and you know it's like you know it's outcome is not you know intention does not you know, dictate outcome. Like you can accidentally step on someone's foot or you could be a crazy person and walk around the room trying to step on their foot, but that person is left with a, with a, with a bruised foot. Right. <laughs> so, you know, maybe sometimes it's not just that I didn't mean to say that in a mean way. I'm like, I hope that's the case. But my point with that is a lot of this is eye opening to the owner. So, you know, a lot of times you bring in an associate and if they're a good owner and they're willing to think in a different way, sometimes they get that wrap their, to use a Rob Montgomery term, wrap their arms around it and do things to make their collections better. Because they're so busy every day, they don't really notice. You know, it's like, it's very interesting. It's, I'm just going to use two numbers. I mean, if a dentist made $250,000 a year as an owner, and they had so-so collections, and they had great collections, and they made $285,000, it's not going to feel different to them. So that's why these owners are not motivated to do it, because they're just, there's so many things going on, they don't, they don't catch it. Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah. that's not surprising to hear. But that, I mean, but that goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. It's the importance of being focused on your business, paying attention, keeping your eye on the ball, and knowing what those things are. And the people that we work with that are very successful practice owners are the people who are uber focused, you know, yeah. in, in, in every aspect of their business. They're the people that know how the money gets collected. They know, like I said, who does what job and how they do it. And the, you know, uh, maybe people, people think Dr. Nacho is all fun and games, but I can give, I can give some serious information too. And this, you know, might be, might be perceived as boring, but it's important to associates, you know, as, as a, as the Dr. Nacho of my practice, I do a lot of implant dentistry, implant related dentistry. They're higher ticket items. We really get a good treatment plan and financial treatment plan to them. Associates will be doing a lot of insurance-based dentistry, uh, fillings, cleanings, exams, and this is stuff that takes 30 days to be paid on. So I know you you deal with Rob with these guarantees, daily guarantees. Right. And I feel passionate about them. We have daily guarantees for our associates for uh, forever. That's just my system. Because a lot of times in the first couple months of a practice, there's just very, very little money being collected for an associate because it's all out to insurance. Right. And, and a practice that has a good chunk of, of uh, insurance uh, patients, that is the case. I mean, fee-for-service practices, it's obviously a different situation. Right. But... I think a lot of times people don't realize that. And, What's interesting uh, about fee-for-service practices, and we talk about it, is most fee-for-service practices are still going to file insurance, and many of them are not always collecting 100% up front. So if it's a $100 cleaning for uh, for Rob Montgomery, most of the time you're not paying the full 100 They're saying, hey, Rob, you're going to have to pay the difference between what the insurance pays up to our fee. And you say, no problem. So when the insurance pays... $80 and you have to pay 20, you may pay your 20 that visit, but they're still waiting for your $80 to come right. through. And it's slower than it, it thinks. I mean, we're now talking, this is such a great topic, talks about getting, you know, the associates uh, credential with the insurance. Sometimes that's a whole process where they, they're not even able to see certain patients in the practice because right. I don't want to commit accidental fraud. And I have that going on right now. I'm waiting for two months for someone to be able to be in network with one of our better PPOs and this associate cannot participate in care for that person unless I, you know, I'm not going to do accidental fraud or, or intentional fraud. <laughs> yeah, accidental fraud. I love it. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've definitely created a, <laughs> yeah. a new legal concept, yeah. Paul. Uh, well, you know, uh, but you know that seems to me like that makes it, the situation even more complicated. It's one thing you want to make sure you're getting credit for what you do, but then, you know, h- how do you track you know, the actual collections from that work if it comes in? whatever 20 percent today so that's you know 80 percent six weeks from now you know and that, that's like my third piece so for first piece it's got to be built out properly with production that's actually the easiest thing to do but most people would get very overwhelmed with trying to fix this in their practice so if you're an associate you have to be very diligent because if it's not built out properly to start the game is lost mm-hmm. then it has to be collected the, the patient actually has to pay or the insurance has to pay that step two and then the, the the third step, or you know, step two A, is it has to be assigned to the right person. And our associates, um, Evan, Lisa, and Ann, are are excellent with their tracking systems, and they've developed some great ones that we can share with our listeners. It would merit actually some probably a follow up uh, podcast or discussion on exactly what they're thinking because um, it's a lot of checking every day. Did this payment come in? You know, when you do a big dental procedure, you don't forget that you did it. I mean, maybe lawyers are the same way. Right. You know, they don't forget that they you know, put together this, uh, uh, 
I, I, I don't know what you guys do. But I'm just, I'm just well, joking. Well, right? yeah, you know, yeah. Anna, in my office, had a big closing the other day. Yeah. It, it sucked up her whole her whole day just dealing with like right. crisis after crisis. So imagine if she crisis, did right? that, and then she was supposed to be paid on that in 30 to 45 days. She's going to remember. I mean, I'm using a Seinfeld term, the Penske file. I mean, it's like, you know, she's going to remember the Penske file's got to come through. So the associates are thinking, you know, I, I got to remember this is coming through. And sometimes they go to the office manager, and instead of saying, where's my money, say things like, Hey, uh, did the Penske file, did that get paid? Is, where is that? And sometimes the office manager is grateful because it's just it's so much fun to be a dentist. If you put five points for the insurance, if they're missing 0.5, they just pretend it doesn't exist. Right. The office manager goes, oh, geez, we never sent this blah, blah, blah. Thanks for letting me know. Right. I'll send it right now. Sometimes the insurance has asked for stuff that they have already received. So it's one thing, you know, just as a broader based thought on the dental industry, it's becoming so labor intensive and costly to deal with insurance it's just it's it's a it's a whole thing right now i mean it's 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 the percentage that my highly paid patient care corner office matter spends on insurance which is non-productive time for us right right it's just creeping up to a percentage that's just really almost insane yeah you know that's 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 a problem well let's just back for a second the uh your your gang, uh, do they use the same type of system? So let, we should definitely put something up yeah. on the uh, in the show notes a link to to that tracker. But uh, so they they follow the same system. You said there. I mean, just like most dentists. I mean, uh, uh, dentists have a hard time doing the exactly the same thing as another dentist. This is all in a positive way, but they each have tweaks on their own. Right. But I mean, I actually leave it totally up to them. So it's interesting. I'm probably nacho ordinary owner if we use the nacho term. But I say, hey guys. I'm going to pay you a daily guarantee. I want you to be able to pay your rent, do have nachos, do whatever you need. So no matter what, you're going to get this daily guarantee. I would love to pay you more than the daily guarantee because if that happens, we both win. Right. Um, but to determine that, it's up to you and Kate and the office manager because there's nothing that Dr. Nacho or Jeff, Dr. Jeff can help with because we're just so consumed by keeping everything else going that I have to count on them auditing their own stuff. Right. And... Um, I'm lucky to have a great team, but I've grown. The team has grown up with me. You know, I, I, I mean, back in the day when I'm, I wasn't always this way. So I was digging into this myself as a young owner. Yeah, and I think you know, back to what we were talking about before, the importance of doing things on a on a daily basis and really tracking this stuff and having having a system and actually following it. You know, it's like a lot of things. Once you first couple of times you do it, there's it's it's kind of a hassle. But once it becomes part of your routine, it's part of your routine. And so a lot of times we'll see associate agreements that will provide that you have to raise any dispute as the associate with the employer right. over the money that's been collected or billed within a certain period of time, maybe 60, 90 days. Occasionally we'll see something really short, like 30 days. And when associates ask us about that, you know, we'll say, we'll explain what that means. But ultimately, if you're waiting 90 days to start trying right, to do yeah. all this stuff, you're not going to catch anything. And, it, it's impossible at that and point. And to be, to be fair, and I'm, I think I'm good at looking at things broad picture, you know, if there's, if there's an associate dispute and they're trying to spend a half a day with my office manager to solve it, that is an enormous cost on me. So what I'm trying to, my message is just do these little five minute things when you have downtime and everybody wins. You know, the right. office wins, you win. But, you know, my nacho take home tip is don't leave the office till you've initialed and audited your day sheet. If you just do that every day of your associate life, you're going to make a lot more money than your friend who does not do that. Right. And that takes, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, 10 minutes. That? It just takes diligence. It takes you not getting your jacket or not getting your car keys. I know I feel the same way a lot of times. I, I, I'm just so, no, I do this myself for my own day sheet. So it's it's not a necessarily an owner versus associate thing, but as the, own, the associate has more risk than I do because, I mean, I'm doing it to be accurate and not right. miss out on that 7%. 
but they're being paid on their collections. And many associates don't have a guarantee after a certain amount of months either. So that makes it even more important. Yeah. And so let's just talk about this from some of these issues that we touched on from an owner's uh, standpoint. Do you have systems in place to try to prevent that sort of lost revenue from failing to bill for procedures? Like, what do you do in your office? What we do is, uh, I, and I've, I've had some opportunity to have some coaching myself, and there really is some merit to paper and pen. I mean, I, I know you guys as lawyers, you always have these, you know, legal pads. I was wondering, what, what happens to all those legal pads? They get put in some sort of special uh, museum or something? No, no, <laughs> Paul, they get scanned and shredded. Oh, nice. Okay, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, you guys, this would be very easy for a lawyer to understand because you're writing all day, and it's how you guys are trained. I mean, I'm assuming, well, you old know. old lawyers still. Like, <laughs> hey, I mean, I, my, my associates type more than I, than uh, I write. But, you know, just so, uh, just if I can paint a picture for a second, we have a printed out day sheet of what I'm supposed to do every day and all the procedures. And I make notes, what just scratch paper notes. Was it done? Did I do more? Do I, did I do less? Then we have a green, I like paper, uh, and Todd Fleischmith and New Dennis Boost Camp, a lot like me, he has the, the pink sheet, the gray sheet. We have the green routing sheet. So then that information's circled on the routing sheet and brought to the front desk to be billed out. Now, some people are listening saying, that is crazy. We don't have any paper in our office. If there's a piece of paper in our office, we have failed miserably. So I understand some people have this in a paperless fashion, but even if you do, I always go back to my scratch paper notes before I leave and say, was you know, a lot, lot's happening. You're asked a lot of questions in a day. Was this done right? Did I do what I said? Did I do extra, right? So, I, you know, did I do extra? Did I not do, you know, sometimes I sit down and, you know, Rob Montgomery, surprisingly, he's like, we're going to do two crowns. Like, I only want one crown. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll only do one crown. So sometimes, you know, I need to take that off the list. And the front desk, who's in, see, that's the hardest part. They're in the front. They don't know what was done in the operatory. Some people say, I'll have my assistants doing the operatory, but they're cleaning up the operatory. So this really is sometimes the dentist's job to lead this billing thing, because just like probably you guys, you guys are in charge of making sure it's accurate. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, and you're the ones doing it. See, that's not time people are like, my assistant does it. I'm like, it's not totally fair because your assistant's not executing the procedures. They're not drilling on the tooth. Right. So just, you know, dentists, sometimes I, I fault them a little bit for not delegating too much, but just saying, oh, you know, my hygienist does it. But if your hygienist wasn't the one who was doing this implant crown, it, it's just like it's not part of what she does. So that's the way my system, scratch paper notes, goes to the front desk, gets billed out and checked all at the end. Yeah, I mean, and as far as paper goes, it's nice to do the things electronically. And we try to do a lot of things electronically, too. But, you know, if sometimes if paper is the thing that you see, if you see that green piece of paper and that means something to you, or whatever the system is, that something is in front of you, yeah. a lot of times you're more likely to do it. I mean, you can save and organize all your documents on the on the computer network, and it's very neat and, and tidy and organized. But if there's no sort of thing jumping out at you saying, yeah, hey, totally. you need to stop, you need to look at this, attention, attention, then you, know, you don't really get extra points. You don't get extra money for having well-organized files that, that nobody right. sees or can can utilize in a meaningful way. One day I'll take a picture for the groupsness of my desk and I have something I actually adopted from my dad. He had a lot of post-its and I see him crumple them up and when he was done and it could be, you know, call insurance guy, do lawn, patient this. And I actually there's actually to me some sense of accomplishment when you crumple up a piece of paper and throw it away or you guys shred it because you know it's got uh, client information and, and Seinfeld did the joke that like smartphones ruined hanging up the phone because probably in your life you used to this I do not like this I'm going to hang up the phone and he's a very funny joke with using the swipe that's just not as that's not as uh, meaningful but I actually <laughs> you know, I, I, from, from swiping somebody yeah, off yeah right I just love 
crumpling up a piece of paper. This is done. It's off my plate. Um, so I just recommend associates do that because uh, they go into an office with multi, multi-providers. multi It looks like you're just kind of in this like busy shopping mall where people are going by you all the time. Who's this? Who's that? So, I mean, you, and I mean, this is my, no one's going to care more about your money than you. I mean, they're just, they're just not. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the owner will care if they think you're being paid too much. And, it, and the office manager says, oh, we've been giving too many procedures to this person. But I'm just going to tell the, everyone that that, that never happens just based on the systems. So, right. right. That's good. Well, this is good stuff, Paul. Yeah. So uh, let's just uh, take a few minutes and uh, talk about what does Dr. Nacho <laughs> have uh, coming up on the, uh, on the speaking uh, sure. tour? Sure. We uh, um, a lot of exciting stuff for the fall. We're you know adding another human to the Nacho family, so that's the that's the biggest excitement over Countdown the next few is weeks. On. Yeah, and uh, um, we have uh, we know with the, with um, Rob and our team, the Dental Amigos with Pasquale, Doctor Pasquale Benuti. We're super excited for that September twenty first to twenty second at the Union League DentalAmigos.com. And, yeah, and so tell me, Paul, a little bit about sure. Pascal Venuti. You know, I know a little bit just from what you've told me, but if you could talk to our audience about what he does and what he's all about. What, what is cool about the speaking world now is uh, there's a lot of, I mean, you would maybe put the, use the example of indie rock bands that only certain people know about. And, you know, he's from Italy, a small town in Italy. He posts uh, all the time on Dental Nachos, just amazingly cool cases. Maybe to call him like a bit of a mad scientist is is kind of a uh, an appropriate thing. He's doing we'll things. Have to ask him if yeah, well, he goes, he he's doing that. things that go against the grain of traditional dentistry, which gets people up in arms. But he's showing the why. He's you know just in a high level clinician that can pull these things off, and um, he has a huge following of younger dentists because you know uh, he's just creating a conversation about how to approach cases in a new way, how to save teeth that, you know, I'm a big implant person and, and I like that, but you know, he's also trying to say, Hey, maybe we could save some of these teeth that aren't as um, bad as we think with these type of techniques. So he's coming over for two, two full days. Uh, he does a lot with composite dentistry, crowns, uh, thinking about cases in a different way. I've communicated with him a lot and he's just, he's a very funny guy and uh, just passionate guy. So we're going to have two days live there, but what's cool is just like with our new dance boost camp, we're going to live stream it as well. Right. Uh, you got a chance to see that a little bit, Rob. You, did you cool. enjoy watching uh, reality dental CA? I did. I did. It was, <laughs> it was fun to see. And my wife actually got to watch my presentation too. And she said, and she watched part of Jamie Amos's also. So yeah. uh, it, it kept her interest. Yeah, no, it's, it's neat to see that. So, um, you know, we had uh, Dan and our live stream team there. They did an awesome job for that. And we're going to live stream Pasquale. So there's an option for tickets to the live stream part. So if you're out there saying, I can't get to Philadelphia in September, uh, you can watch it with us live. You're going to get the recordings for free. You're going to get CE and it's going to be at a cost that's super reasonable. So I think that's just a new way that we're pushing forward to consume CE that's going to be really awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And I'm obviously very much uh, bored about uh, about doing that. It's just great to be able to reach more people. Yeah. I mean, we love to see people in Philadelphia and it's fun just to to meet everyone and have have them network and meet new people. But, you know, if you can't make it to Philadelphia, it's nice that we can still provide uh, this material to them. I, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have a joint thing like where everyone does the wave, but it's gonna be, they're always going to hold up a plate of nachos and be like, see what you're missing? you got to come and do this. So that's my <laughs> thing. Yeah, they'll come to the next one in, in person. So that's really uh, what we got coming up, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, sounds good. One additional thing we have coming up, which is super exciting, is our first dentist boost camp was uh, packed, sold out. We had people on the live stream, so we're going to do another one October 19th to 21st right here in Philadelphia, dentistboost.com. It's great. Yeah, that was an awesome event. I was really uh 
tickled to be able to, to participate and uh, and meet everybody there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it fits with all the things I do. Food, fun, meeting new friends, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So any more information you need, just go to DennisBoost.com. And one of the things I will point out is that uh, we keep it to 20 uh, in-person attendees, so we have maximum sharing, learning, and meeting each other. And then as many people who want to join the live stream as possible can. But we are keeping that one to uh, 20 in-person uh, attendees. Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.